You know, as the holidays <clears throat> cause us to focus and bring us together, it seems that there's not enough time, or, nor is there relevant words. But as I was as I have been preparing for 2019 in January and the month of January when I'll be sharing, you know, things that the Lord has laid upon my heart. Uh, He seemed to want me to conclude, finish 2018 with a different lens, a lens that Jesus began to frame in his last days of ministry. As the time was ticking down for his earthly ministry of three and a half years, he stood and he looked, not just from the Mount of Olives, but time. And he looked into our generation. You say, well, Pastor, how do you know? Because he concluded it with the end of the age or the end of time. So as we are making our New Year visions, and as the plans of and the hope of 2019 are being arranged in our mind and sometimes probably in our vision books. I want to talk a little bit about adding to your sight line How Jesus saw our day. How he looked at it. And I was thinking about how that, as you flip the channels, and I'm not a channel flipper, but I do watch the news, and about every news Station has a panel of experts. And in that panel of experts, they are endeavoring to take the events of the world and tell us what's going on. I do not fault them. 
But Jesus told us what's going on. 2,000 years in his progression, he spoke to us. As he looked into our day, began to talk about what then was the future, but what the future is now. In what we have in our news reports and our headlines today is just simply the fulfillment of the report that Jesus was telling us about that lay in the future. What is happening and where it is leading. The disciples were so inquisitive about this story and these words of Jesus that they asked the question, could you tell us when? And Jesus did not give them a date, did not give them a month, he did not give them a year. He just began to tell them that the signs of the time would speak to us of where we're at in earth's time. Where we're at in the Gentile time. You see, there is a Gentile time and there is a Jewish or Israel time. In Luke chapter 21, 24, it said there were things that would go on until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Romans chapter 11, verse 25, he says, Paul, till the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And Jesus, as he gave the picture, it was not a picture of doom and gloom. It was a picture of hope. He spoke of the conditions. He spoke of the challenges. And he spoke of hope. The world events that you read about in your news. The confusion that oftentimes, you know, leaves us without answers. Pieces of the puzzle seem so scattered. Yes, they're a projector. Where we're at with regards to the end of the age, the end of the world, and the coming of Jesus Christ. Woo! He spoke of the world problems and what we could face in life. To enlighten us so that 
what's coming does not become a house of sadness nor a identity of our belief system but prepare us through his word that while living in this passing world we will have hearts set on the world that will never pass away Andy these are the words of our Lord as he sat on the Mount of Olives the disciples came to him privately saying when shall these things be the backdrop of his of course was the destruction of the temple and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars seeing that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places all these are the beginning of sorrows or it is the birthing pains of something else. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. We know there's an end. There's an end. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. That's the workforce. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would not have watched. He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near at the door. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that that day should overtake you. Why? Because he told us about it. You are the sons of light, the sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. But those who sleep, sleep in that night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and of love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Thank you. A heads up display. That'll help us manage our day.
And so as you are making your vision plans, it's good to know the time of the day. Yes. The words that Jesus said that will help us and enable us to run the race that's set before us. Jesus is instructing us to always be looking for the day of Christ's return with sober and spirit-led discernment. Absolutely. There is within us, however, a weak link. And our weakest link is our flesh. Is our flesh. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Anybody witness that in your life? That your flesh is weak. Romans 8 and 3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. There needs to be an empowerment by the Holy Spirit. And God did that through his son. So when he uses the word flesh, if I might stay here just for a moment, he's talking about the human body and the nature and its, its moral and physical frailties. He means that the natural overpowers the spiritual desires. He says to the disciples, he says, I know you wanted to pray. You remember the story? You see, he's in his darkest hour and he asks his disciples to come along with, come along with him and to pray. And as he goes away and praying, he comes back and he finds them sleeping. I know you wanted to pray, but your flesh wanted to sleep. Trying to give a realistic picture. Jesus is not scolding them. No, he's exhorting them to be aware. You know how this flesh and how easy it is to become distracted and cave in to Flesh's desires. How many know that sleep is not bad? In fact, does sleep deprive people? Ooh. Yeah. So you got to have sleep. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes, you know, prayer must overrule sleep because of the moment and because of the hour. The fact is, there will be plenty of time to sleep after you pray. The demands, the desires, the fears of human nature pull us off track. Of course, this world is set up to, to do that. But the good news is, 
is that what God began in Genesis, he climaxes it in Revelations. And there is a whole world in between, but a new heaven and a new earth. In view of the events of the world, the wars, the conflicts, conflicts that are not just, you know, on the world scene of leaders, but run right down into the family. Absolutely. Jesus said that in the end time, family conflict, family separation, family issues are going to become more paramount and stronger. That's, of course, it's always been the enemy's tactic is to try to separate families. And so that's why as believers, we need to fortify family. We must not let the flesh, we must not let the issues divide. And if so be it that there are family issues, don't be surprised by it. He said it would be part of the end time. Our issues are much more than political. Our issues are spiritual. That's no great revelation, okay? So don't go, whoa, pastor. You know? <laughs> they can't find answers. They can't get along. They can't resolve anything. What's it telling us? A part of our vision needs to be the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the end of the time and age in which we live. And yes, I know. It was Peter that said, we know that there's going to be those that are going to laugh at you and speak, you know, and say, you know what I mean? You're ridiculous. That's absurd. This has been happening like this forever. Well, that too indicates time is running out. Hmm. So what are we to do as these headlines? Every time we turn the TV on, the conflicts that not only happen in our world in America, but in the other nations, but then in particularly over in Israel. 
as they are the timepiece of God when it comes to the clock ticking. First of all, Jesus said that we're supposed to be spiritual watchdogs. Watch therefore. And to watch doesn't just simply mean stand gazing, waiting for his return. It says you need to be diligent. To be, you know, active. To watch. That you may be counted worthy of things that will come to pass. And stand before the Son of Man. He says, don't fall asleep on the job. Don't allow your hearts to be weighted down in such a way that the worries of life and careless living starts to happen. For where is the promise of his coming? For all things continue as they were. Jesus wanted to excite the disciples about the future. Absolutely. He was, it was so important that they could interpret what was going on around, around them that he rebuked them for not knowing in recognizing what was taking place. Think about it. He says you can discern if it's going to rain. You can discern if it's going to be sunshining. But you're not paying attention to the events that are taking place. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I think in 2019, God wants us to, you know, include a lens in our lives that sees that the clock is ticking. wants us to know in advance. He said in John chapter 16, he says, I tell you these things before them so that you can have cheer in your life. You can be positive about it. To watch. Because the day is approaching. He says, you need to investigate. You may watch the evening news. But you need to turn to your Bible. The expert has already given a picture of it. What a 
are we supposed to do even if we do recognize it? Watch and pray. Hallelujah. Jesus used those future truths to make an application to present situations. He believed that being aware of what lay in the future would strengthen us to live vibrantly in the present. John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Jesus connects his ascension and his return to the future events that the disciples were experiencing in the present. I go to prepare a place for you, is his ascension. I will return. You know what I mean? I will come again as his return. At the moment, they were troubled. But when he let them see the future, he expected that their troubled hearts and troubled minds would give away to anticipation and expectation. Yes. He spoke of tremendous upheaval. He said, don't be alarmed by it. Don't panic. Don't quit. Witness. Don't backpedal. You walk with Christ when trouble comes. No. Don't be beset by family issues. Don't be taken back by the blasphemy that abounds. And then the story of the destruction of the temple. What can we conclude from that? At least one thing I will share with you this morning, and is that is don't hang your hat on those things that will fall in the end. Woo! Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. They're all just stages. And then there's some good news. He said that the the ability of mankind will reach such paramount capabilities that in their hands will lay destructive mechanisms, destructive weaponries that can wipe humanity off the face of the earth. 
He says, well, don't let even that worry you. Because I will shorten the days so it doesn't happen. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you glad that God puts limits on everything? Hallelujah. God puts boundaries and borders. That we shall be able to escape. It will not have a profound effect upon us. These were his last words and messages to us as he looked into our future. I'll ask my musicians to come because time is, is going away. But all of those things that God said those end time signs keep awake and be faithful. Yes, the question was asked this morning. Laura, do you sometimes just want to sleep? Man, sometimes I don't even want to get up. My flesh wants to sleep. But there's a vigil. Is the vigil that he puts in our hearts that wakes us from slumber, sleep, that gets us up from it would just be as easy to stay home. Take your Sunday afternoon nap, please. <laughs> what about the wars, the violence, the lawlessness? What about the drought? What about the famines? What about the earthquakes? What about the natural, the natural disasters? I told you about them. They're telling you what time it is. They're God's time clock it is said that a million people died in earthquakes in the 20th century and scientists believe that 10 times that in deaths will happen in the 21st century when you see these things look up because your redemption draws nigh I tell you these things beforehand so that in the world you'll have tribulation, but in me you will have peace. You are not of this world. You are of the world to come. But you are my ambassadors. Ambassadors of what? Ambassadors of the gospel. Ambassadors of peace. Ambassadors of hope. Yes. 
It's troubling. We wish it wouldn't happen. But the one thing that he says, in spite of all that seems alarming, he said that there is a end time harvest. And this gospel shall be preached in all the world. And then shall the end come. No, I don't know the month. I don't even know the year. I don't even know how much time we have left. But I do know that he said it is the end of the age. Whether you leave before me or I leave before you or we all wait and are resurrected at the sounding of the trumpet and the voice of God. But do you know that there is an end? There's an end to war, famine, and earthquakes, and pestilence. There's an end to the rule and the reign, not only of men, but of Satan. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down unto you, knowing he has a short time. Well, he's been around for a long time, but all of a sudden, he really sets his heart and his sights on earth. See, I've told you these things. So what about it, Pastor? Well, let me give you some encouraging things here before we wrap it up. God's plan regarding your welfare. He said, I'm going to take care of you. He said, your daily needs, your food, your housing, and your clothing... Matthew chapter 6. He said, I'm going to provide you with a helper. That helper is the Holy Spirit so that you're never alone. He said, I'm going to provide you with an avenue of joy. And that joy is connected to our relationship. I'm going to provide you with spiritual strength. Yes, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. May the God strengthen you in the inner man, according to Ephesians chapter 3. Said, I'm going to provide you with divine protection. Hebrews chapter 13. 
He says, I have providing you with a chosen role in the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. But God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as it pleased him. God's happy with your place. God's happy with your role. And he's placed. And you've seen me, I spent time with where our pulpit is at. It's not here. It's out there. It's in your workplace. It's in your pleasure field. It's in your neighborhood. It's in your family. It's your pulpit. Put a smile on when you go to work or when you go fishing in retirement. <laughs> That's not too hard, is it, Clay? No, no, no. <laughs> go ahead. Enjoy your platform and your pulpit, your occupation. Just keep in mind to do his business along with your living. When Jesus said, occupy till I come, he's just simply saying, carry on the business. Because this gospel must be preached in all the world and every one of us has a world. Missions is wonderful in foreign lands, but remember the the Gadarean that got so delivered? He wanted to go to the mission field. Lord, I want to go to the mission field. Now, Jesus said, you go home. You go home and Tell what the Lord has done. If you've had a good week, if you've had a good month, if you've had a good, good, uh, I say, what am I at? Week, month, year. <laughs> you know? Go ahead and be glad, but give the honor. You know what? To God be the glory as we stand this morning. There's a song that I grew up with and some of you will remember it and the whole world used to even sing it. But it's still true. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Church, hallelujah. I'm telling you these things. So in me, you will have peace. You're not going to be surprised. Hallelujah. 
I'm glad those specialists have a job so they can put food on their table. But they are not telling me, you know what I mean, what I don't already know. Hallelujah. Not because I'm so smart, but because he said the Holy Spirit will come and he'll reveal these things to you. Now, as it gets worse, we must get better at our job. Yes. Too late. Let's sing. My first message for the new year is going to start be accident forgiveness. Come out. Praise God. He did not say look for trouble. He said look for him. Amen. Father, as we leave today and as we go, we're so grateful, God, that you have given us a reel to play. A reel that, of a movie, of the future. Help us to pull it out once in a while and to play it, Lord. So that we might adjust our time and our visions. Father, for the time that you have revealed to us and we live in right now. I pray for a dynamic blessing to finish this year out and to begin the, you, the new year, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love one another. Go with God. He's going with you. And Happy New Year.